Well, happy Father's Day, everybody. I, I, I knew that it was Father's Day coming up, so I wanted to, I wanted to just uh, uh, change, change things up a little bit and, and, and talk about this question about what it means to be a man. What does it mean to be a man? And as I, as I thought about uh, this question all week long, and, and as we got, I got into it and I read things and I listened to things, I realized that our culture has a lot to say about what it means to be a man. I mean, the culture at large is always saying something about what it means to be a man. I was at the carnival last night with my kids. And my daughter decided that she was going to go on one of these thrill rides and, and painted on the side of this particular thrill ride uh, was a man with his shirt off with, with rippling muscles all over. I mean, he was, he was just airbrushed on the side of this carnival ride. And I turned to my bride and I said, hey, how, how did you get me up there? <laughs> but isn't that... Yeah, you can laugh at that. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you laugh because you know that this is partly uh, what our culture at large says about what it means to be a man is to have like big, bulging muscles, to be athletic. And, 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 and if we can have big, bulging muscles and be athletic, then, then we're really set, Right? That that's really what it means to be a man. And, and then if we can't have a big bulging muscles and be super athletic, then, uh, then the culture is telling us that, uh, that we need to be a CEO or make a lot of money, that we need to, to carry ourselves in a certain way, that, that we need to kind of be, you know, above. Maybe that we need to be kind of macho. Uh, culture tells us, really, men, uh, it's telling us that, uh, that we should probably be emotional drill sergeants, right? I mean, we all watched and laughed at that commercial with the drill sergeant kind of saying, no mamby-pambies around here. And culture tells us at large that, that we need to be emotional drill sergeants. There ought to be no sign of weakness in us, right? We need to be tough. We need to be manly. We better not show signs of weakness and we better not cry. There's all sorts of things that our culture, quite frankly, is telling men that, that they ought to be, to be a man. And this is a tough one. Increasingly, our culture at large is telling men that if they want to be a man, they need to be a man in the bedroom. That that's really what it means to be a man. And so I'm asking the question here in church on a Sunday morning, and it's Father's Day. What does it mean to be a man? What are we going to tell ourselves about what it means to be a man. Now, I thought that this question was going to be an easy one. 
But it's not. In fact, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4, it says the purposes of a person's heart are a deep waters. And I, wanna, I just want to plunge deeply with you into those deep waters, into asking this question, what does it mean to be a man? And I want to get into three areas this morning about God's design for a man, the choices that a man has to make, and the kind of torch that a man needs to pass on. You see, there's all these areas of action that a man has to be a part of in order to be a man. Uh, The first action that I think all men uh, need to be a part of is to believe that God has a design for him to be a man. In Genesis chapter 1, it it goes all the way back to creation. In Genesis chapter 1, God says in verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, God uh, created uniquely men and women. And there's something deep inside of a man's life in his soul that makes him a man. Because God designed him that way. Uh, There have actually been these social studies done on on young boys and young girls, and they're trying to answer a question in regards to nature or nurture. Uh, Are are men men because of how they're nurtured into being men, or are they men by design? Is there something uh, about a young boy that makes him uh, who he is? And and what they've concluded uh, is is that oftentimes, uh, even boys who who have had no contact with things like guns and violence and television will take things like a stick and make it into an arrow or a knife or a weapon because... Something in him uh, says that I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to make it into something. He wants to build something. God has a design for all of us in this room who are men. There's a book that John Eldridge many years ago uh, wrote this book. It was called Wild at Heart. And, and as he gets into this book, he, he addresses this idea that God has designed men to be men and that they have to believe that they are men and that God has designed them to be men. And he says uh, that there are three areas, three longings of a man's heart. Uh, the first longing, he says, is, is that every man has a battle to fight. Every man has an adventure to live, and every man has this longing for a beauty to rescue. Every man has a battle to fight. I don't know, men, uh, when you were young, did you go outside, uh, and when you got together with your guy friends, uh, did you make forts? I know when I was young, we would make forts and we would get on our, our really cheap walkie-talkies and we'd, we would play like army men and capture the flag and, and our water guns were suddenly bazookas and were blowing up the enemy. I mean, it was, it, was, it was on. We had a battle to fight. It was just in us. It was 
fun. Sometimes we would, uh, we would try and take our bikes and, and make battle scenes out of them, and we'd come home looking as if we had been in a battle. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And as we get older, uh, sometimes we need to find a different battle, don't we? Uh, this is why men play golf. What do we have? We have a big stick and a little ball, and we are going to conquer the course, right? I mean, this is why uh, men tend to love competition. This is why men love sporting events. If we can't have our own battle, we're going to cheer for another one. This is why young boys, uh, when they see WWE for the first time, will make their couch a, a, a ring and they will go off the top rope onto their friend. And when their mom comes in and asks what they're doing, they're going, we're just, we're just playing. <laughs> Every man has a, a battle to be fought. And we live that out. Man, that's, that's God's design in us. We have something that we want to go out, that we want to conquer, that we want to build. Every man has, a, has an adventure they want to live. I loved a commercial that I saw not long ago. <laughs> it, was a, it was a commercial playing off this line that I had heard uh, dozens of times growing up. Don't tell mom. Uh, do you realize that moms and dads are different? And how they go about interacting with their children is, is, is quite frankly, it's different. Uh, last summer, uh, we were up in uh, Glacier National Park. It's up in Montana, beautiful place. I advise all of you to go and visit there. And they have a number of glacier lakes up there, and <clears throat> they're just absolutely beautiful. And we happen to be coming down the mountain toward uh, Lake McDonald down there. And, and there's a number of turnoffs where you can kind of see the ice-cold water uh, after it's uh, you know, been melting on the glaciers, coming down through the creeks into these, these large, glorious-looking lakes. And you can actually get close enough that you can walk into the lake. Now, this is where my adventure to live started to come alive. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool to go in? I mean, it is clear and it is, it is cold, but I'm like, let's just go. And so here I am. I, I've, got, I, I've got my shorts. I won't demonstrate. I've got my shorts just pulled up as far as they will go. I've got my kids on top of my head, and I am walking out into this glorious lake. And I'm thinking, kids, isn't this fun? Now, my bride, my bride is thinking, you're wet. And now you want to get in the car. And so we went around the other side of the lake, and I, I decided that this wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And so I took off my shirt. I took the cell phone out of my pocket. I took my keys and everything out of my pocket. I took my shoes off, and I just said, I'm going for a swim. Now, I paid for that a little later, but it was fun. <laughs> this is the adventure side of us, isn't it? 
I see God has designed us to be adventurers, to live, to conquer, to go. And even, even in those moments of tension, <clears throat> even in those moments of tension uh, in our relationships, uh, uh, right, in understanding who we are, we know, man, I need an adventure. I need to go forward. Every man needs an adventure to live. Every, every man, in fact, needs needs a beauty to rescue. I mean, we've all seen the fairy tales, right? But, but here's, here's the reality of it. Some of those fairy tales, they're true. You see, ladies, it's designed in a man to want to fight for someone. You remember all the World War II movies ever that you've ever seen? Just, just any one of them, ever. There's always a soldier or two or three or ten, and they're holding in their pocket a picture of the woman they're fighting for. Gals, he wants to fight for you. He wants to, he wants to go up the castle and fight for you. It's built into him to fight. Now, now, the other side of that is that he wants to be the hero. And ladies, can I, can I help you with your men? You need to let him be your hero. Would you let him be your hero? Jack Dempsey was a, a great fighter world champion, world heavyweight champion for a number of years. And I, I remember reading a quote that, that was asked to his bride. And she was asked one time, what is it like to be married to a boxer? She said, I'm not married to a boxer. I'm married to a champion. And every time I hear that, I think, yeah, yeah, that's right. Gals, your husband, your boyfriend, the person that maybe you will marry someday, he needs to know that he's your champion. Because every man has a beauty he wants to rescue, he wants to be the hero. Man, God has designed you to be a man, and you need to believe it. You see, there's things that do make us men. There's these longings that we have. Uh, guys, there's some things that, that we do that women don't, and it's okay. Uh, guys, we're not going to shave our legs over and over again this summer to try and make sure that we don't have any little prickly hairs sticking out of our leg when we wear shorts. Guys, we're not going to be worried about wearing sandals and making sure that we, uh, you know, paint our nails before we go out. Man, we, we like certain things. There is a camaraderie of being a man, is there not? 
I mean, now we like different things, but it, guys, don't we like going out in the woods and being like, don't we like going out and like shooting stuff and like hunting stuff and like doing weird things like sitting in a tree when it's cold for hours on end just for the chance to try and shoot something? Don't we love looking at big motors? I I drive up from Omaha, and, and I love boats. It's, it's something that I really enjoy, and every time one of those boats drives by me or I pull around a boat and it's got one of those 350 motors on it, I'm like, <gasps> and I'm usually like, Jolyn, look. Don't we, like, don't we like to see how fast something will go? I mean, we get in a car, and it doesn't matter if it's like a, a three-cylinder Geo Metro. We want to rev it up, right? <laughs> See, God has designed us in a certain way, and, and, and guys, all I just want you to grasp here is that God has set inside of you the design of being a man, and I want you to own that. And say, yes, God, you have designed me to be a man. And I am going to be a man. And it leads us right into that next action. Not only do we need to believe that God has, has, has designed us to be men. But we have to take the responsibility to be a man. Uh, there's a book uh, it's by Harvey Mansfield. It's called Masculinity. And in it, in the very first uh, little bit of it, he says, Masculinity above all else, beyond all other things, is responsibility. Guys, we got to be responsible to be men. We got to make tough choices that say, I am going to choose to live up to the design that God has put inside of me to be a man. And this, this is, gets a little more touchy, doesn't it? I mean, I think the number one choice that men need to take the responsibility for is to recognize that we need to respond with God's heart when we're wrong. Uh, do you know David in the Bible? I mean, he... he he might be considered a man's man, right? I mean, even though he was kind of the youngest and the pipsqueak, I mean, he, he like, we, we see these uh, uh, things in Scripture that he defeated bears and lions out there in the wilderness, and we're like, yeah, that's David. And I mean, he took a, he took a sling, and he was so good uh, at hunting and making sure that he was protecting his sheep that, that when he... That when he faced a giant, it was like, game on. That he was a great warrior. Uh, that he went and fought battles. I mean, <clears throat> uh, the part of the battle with Goliath that we often forget is that uh, David goes out afterwards, takes his sword, and well, I'll let you finish the rest of the story. <clears throat> this is David. And in Acts, we hear about David being a man after God's own heart. And people all the time go, okay, well, what is it? 
exactly uh, that made David a man after God's own heart? How, how is it that that happens? What does that mean? Uh, I mean, David was also a very good harp player. Uh, in order to be a man, do we just all need to grab our, 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 our uh, uh, stringed instrument and begin to play? I mean, is that, is that it? Do we have to be like a, a king? Do we have to be a monarch? Let me suggest to you that, that what's going on with David, what Scripture talks about with David being a man after God's own heart, is the responsibility that David took when he was wrong. You see, throughout the, uh, the books of First and Second Samuel, David is being contrasted with the king Saul. Saul doesn't have much of a heart for God, and Saul continually uh, takes matters into his own hands. And every time that Saul is wrong, uh, he tries to fix it himself. Now, David was no better. David messes up all the time. We know he has affairs. We know he kills people wrongly. And we think, what? What? How is he a man after God's own heart? It's because when David is confronted with his wrongness, he repents. When David is shown to be wrong, he comes back and he returns to God. Men, I think you have to make a choice. I have to make a choice. When I know that I am wrong, it is time for me to be a man and take responsibility and repent rather than to try and take matters into my own hands. Now that's a little heavy, but, but that's the choice that we need to make in order to be men. Now, a, a little more lighthearted, Man, I think you need to be intentional about making choices and being responsible about being intentional about doing those things in which you feel like you're a man. Now, there's a couple rules that go along with this, right? Uh, it can't be immoral and it can't be illegal, okay? But I think that you have to be intentional about doing some of those things and making choices where you recognize, hey man, you know what, this is what God has designed me for. Uh, some of you love to go snowmobiling in, in the winter. And there's nothing more that you would love to do uh, than to, to get onto a giant snowmobile and go around and have snow uh, piling up over you and have a little bit of danger like you might have an avalanche fall on you. Uh, that's the kind of thing that you want to go do and you come back and you're refreshed and you're like, man, this is great. I, I feel like this is a choice that I need to make more often. And for some of you, it's fishing, and for some of you, it's your, your hobby of a, 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 of a motorcycle or, or, a, or a car. For some of you, it's, it's just simply strapping something onto your back and walking into the woods. Some of you, it's camping or being outdoors. I don't know what it is for you, but man, I think you need to take a responsibility about being intentional uh, to say, I know how God's designed me, and I need to engage in some of those things. Now, there's some derailers to making this choice. There's some derailers to trying to choose to do uh, the right thing. 
There's, there are some things that, uh, that would, would, would lead us on, on a bunny trail away from making the right kind of choices as a man. And I think the number one thing uh, that derails men when they want to make the right choice is we are afraid. Now, I, I recognize that, that sometimes we don't want to admit that we are afraid. Uh, but men, uh, maybe uh, we need to be a, a little more mature, and we need to come to ourselves and say, hey, you know what, sometimes I am just afraid. One of the questions that most men will ask themselves in the course of their life is, do I have what it takes do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to be a father? Do I have what it takes to be a good husband? Do I have what it takes to be a coach? Do I have what it takes to, to be a good worker? Do I have what it takes to be a good Christian? And we're afraid of the answer. And it leads us away from making the right kind of choices. And instead of acting like David, we end up acting like Saul and trying to fix it ourselves. The only answer to the fear that we face in answering the question of, uh, do we have what it takes, is a faith in Christ. If God has designed in you something if He has designed you to be a man, then faith in Him will draw out what He has put into you. And when you have faith in Him, He will draw out your being a man. Men, you will never be more manly than when you are most like Jesus. You will never be more manly than when you are most like Jesus. And some of you are sitting here thinking, well, that just kind of sounds weak. Oh, no. Uh, think about Jesus for a moment. Um, Jesus, uh, when he was in the face of conflict, was absolutely focused. He was bold and courageous. When it came to, to dealing with children, he was tender and gentle with them. Uh, when it came to dealing with the outsiders, he welcomed them. When it came to dealing with women, he was, uh, in his culture, he was unusually, uniquely respectful and honored them. When it came to the face of death, he boldly went where no one went before. If you have a problem with being most manly when you're most like Jesus, then you haven't really understood your manliness yet. And you need to get a little closer to Jesus so that you can be the man that he has intended you to be. If you are afraid of the question and how it's answered, do I have what it takes, then what you need to know is that the answer is faith in Jesus. Because you will never be more manly than when you're most like Jesus. Now lastly, I, I, I know uh, we've talked a lot about manliness, but the, the last thing is, is just simply this. Men, manliness means that you will initiate new pathways for others to become men. You will initiate 
new pathways for others to become men. Now, at the risk of being awkward and at the risk of of some of you leaving feeling sorry for me, let me tell you a little bit about my story. I have two dads. Some of you may be in the same category. I had a dad that I never knew until I was 18 years old. I was graduating from high school and I met him for the first time. I had a dad who who was there but wasn't really there. And I love my dad. Please don't hear me uh, berating my father. I'll call him this afternoon. We'll have a wonderful conversation. But he wasn't always there. And you know why? It's because no one ever taught him how to be a father because his father was never really there. And so his home that was supposed to be a castle was the castle where he came to relax, not the castle where he came to initiate a pathway for his son to become a man. And I am thankful for the church and the men in it who have initiated pathway after pathway so that I might begin to figure out what in the world does it mean to be a man. And so, fathers, I am going to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to initiate the pathway for your son and the sons of this church and the sons of this community to be men Would you help them see God's design for them? Would you help them see the choices? (coughs) Would you help them see the choices uh, that they can make as men? And I'm not talking just about young boys. I'm talking about some of you need to disciple guys like me. Because I'm still figuring it out. So will you initiate pathways so that others might become men. Because my conviction is that no man, no man will be more manly than when they are most like Jesus. So church and men, I'm asking you to step to the plate. I'm asking you to come up to the line. I'm asking you to take the battle that needs fighting. I'm asking you to take the adventure uh, that needs living. I'm asking you uh, to step up to the line and say, I will. And I will initiate new pathways for others to become men. I know that's scary, but I'm asking you to do it. Because you know that God has designed you in a unique way to be a man with choices that men need to make. And you need to do that for others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness. We love you and we want to worship you. And Lord, I pray that we can do that uh, through the opportunity that we have to be men. And Lord, I pray that for all the men in the room that we will treat the women in our lives with great respect and great honor. And Lord, that we can, we can begin to understand who we are by understanding who God has made them to be as well. Lord, we love you. And we worship you this morning. Thank you for designing us the way you have. And may we be most like you when we're most like Jesus. We love you. Amen.